This morning's first reading comes from Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 6 to 9. This can be found on page 749 and on the screens in front of you. Isaiah 62, beginning at verse 6. I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, never again will I give your grain as food for, as for your enemies, and never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a true story. A minister was at the back of the church after the morning service and, of course, was shaking hands, saying goodbye and listening to one or two comments when a lady in the congregation came up to him and said, very enthusiastically, that really moved me. He had a slight smile as he replied, where to? I'd be surprised if none of you have been moved by the distress of people in other parts of the world. These people being rescued as we speak by boat, young and old babies. If you have any heart at all, you'll have compassion. And in the reading this morning, Jesus has compassion on the crowds which are surrounding him because they are distressed and helpless. And it says they are like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these two powerful passages calling us to engage with you in intercession and to open our hearts to be part of what you want to do through us in the world. We ask, Lord, that you would send your Holy Spirit this morning to work in our hearts, to open my mouth that I might speak your words, to open our ears that we might hear it, and to open our hearts that we might respond to you 
with integrity and courage and commitment. Amen. Well, this is the last of our series on uh, basics of our faith. How appropriate that on our final Sunday we have had a baptism in which we've proclaimed together on behalf of Anna Mae such powerful words about Jesus' death for us, about the new life that he gives to us, about the assurance that we have of that life and our part in his great family, about his words spoken to us and offered to us in Scripture, about his spirit in us, encouraging us and giving us, giving us the courage and the valor to take up our cross and follow him in holiness every day of our life. And as we start that journey with Anna Mae, some of us have been going along that journey for a very long time. Some of us are just seeing the gateway to the, to the journey in front of us. We know that we need God's power to help us. So we continually return to the Father in prayer. But what we gather from our two readings today is that our prayer for ourselves is not enough. It's never enough for us just to pray for ourselves because we are part of God's family. God our Father has given us many, many, many brothers and sisters and he expects us to care for each other. So when we come to him to ask him for blessing, it's not just for ourselves, but it's for all of us, for our worldwide family. In our first reading, it's God's commission to us for each of us to be watchmen on the walls for each other. We're to be crying out to God to pr protect and bless each other, not just ourselves. So here are a few things, well, okay, ten things, that we can learn from these passages about intercession, praying for other people. Firstly, intercession is commanded. God has commissioned it. Some of us wonder if it's okay to pester God with things that he already knows about. God says this. He says, I have posted watchmen on the walls, and those watchmen are you. So, God continues, give me no rest. God commands us, commissions us to beseech him for each other. And the more we cry out to him day and night, the more we fulfill his commission to us. So firstly, be confident in intercession. Intercession has very often been likened to a checkbook. Okay, this is a checkbook on my uh, giving bank account. There's not a huge amount in it, but what there is in, I'm willing to give. In God's account, there is a huge resource. God says, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. And he doesn't just mean the cattle on a thousand hills. The resources of the world and the resources of his spiritual kingdom are his 
And he gives us a check checkbook to use to draw on those resources. So we can be confident in intercession. I've written a check out here. And I'm going to sign it. So this check is now valid, assuming there's anything in there for it to draw from. I'm going to uh, tear this off. Now, I was hoping that Anna Mae was going to be here, but obviously she's gone to her group. So I'm going to give this to Anna Mae's dad and ask him if he would hold it for me. Okay, this is not a magic trick. It's not going to disappear, much though I might like that. Okay, that is an honest uh, promise from me. God makes his promise and we can call on it. So firstly, intercession is commanded. Secondly, intercession is urgent. We are watchmen on the walls. Dreadful things might be just about to happen around the corner and it's our job to be watching out for them and to call out and draw attention to them as they're coming towards us to raise the alarm. We mustn't fall asleep. Listen to what is going on across the world. Read the newspapers. Watch websites. Look to see what's happening in the culture around you. Be aware of urgent needs in your neighborhood and in your family and amongst your friends. Be alert in your intercessions. Thirdly, intercession is energetic. We think that asking for things is easier than meditating and contemplating and doing those complicated things that Christians have done in prayer. But it isn't. Intercession, intercession takes passion and it takes energy. We have to immerse ourselves in the need for others and God asks us to throw ourselves into prayer for them. You who cry out to the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give me no rest. So be energetic. Work hard at your intercession. Fourthly, intercession is specific. Here in this prayer in the, in, uh, uh, in the Old Testament from Isaiah, it's pray for Jerusalem till God establishes Jerusalem. And our prayers too will be about specific geographical and political and spiritual issues. Be specific in your intercession. Anna May's parents are going to find lots of specific things to pray for her in the years ahead. And Chris and Abby and James and Kate are going to have specific needs that they're going to want to bring before the Lord day by day. Be specific in your intercession. Fifthly, intercession is for blessing. Isaiah says, go on praying, cry out day and night till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Does this prayer seem to you a bit, a bit self-centered? Pray, Lord, that our city would become the best in the world. The praise intended is never for Jerusalem. It's always for the God 
whose city Jerusalem is. And that praise will be drawn from the whole earth when Jerusalem becomes a source and a fount of blessing for all the nations around. A fountain of justice and righteousness, of compassion, a declaration of God's love and his power. So don't be ashamed to pray for the church. Because the church fulfills its purpose when it becomes a source of blessing for the community around us and for all the nations of the world. So pray for St. Jude, South Sea, that it becomes the praise of the city of Portsmouth and beyond. So I've got here a leaflet of all the different ways that we seek to be a blessing out in the world beyond our parish. And I'm going to offer this uh, to Anime's father and ask him to have a quick look through it and see if he can find something that particularly catches his imagination, where he thinks that's something that's really worth us uh, giving to and praying for. And when he's found that, if he could write that on the back of this white envelope and then put the check in the white envelope. That's a kind of symbol that this, this money is our intercession for these places and needs across the world. So, intercession is for blessing. Intercession is effective. Of course, that's the point of the checkbook. It causes God to act. When this check gets presented, it causes my bank manager to act on my behalf. Why? Why does prayer work like that? Because as a father, God is particularly, well, God is, God is moved and touched when he hears his children's concerns and longings. And he is particularly moved and touched when those concerns and longings match his own. But also because he's faithful to his promise. He has given us this checkbook and he's given us the authority to use it. So he will honor the checks that we write in his name. As we pray in the name of Jesus for the issues that are on Jesus' heart, the Father will honor our prayers for the sake of his Son. So take authority in intercession. Seventhly, intercession leads to worship. When we pray, then God acts for blessing, and so we are caught up in thanksgiving and in worship that God cares about us so much that he's prepared to listen to our prayers and act on them. As we read in this section, the final word of the passage is that when God acts and blessing comes, we can take that blessing into his sanctuary and enjoy it together in his presence. So never forget to give thanks for your answered prayers. Eighthly, intercession is partnership. 
Some people think that God created the world and then he's not interested anymore and he doesn't do anything to change, to be active in it. Well, that's not how Jesus is. Jesus is hugely active. He is immersed in this world, in its problems and its needs, confronting and challenging and changing the world. The first line of our gospel reading shows that very clearly. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is how God responds. He sees our needs and he set about, sets about dealing with them. But he also asks us to help him doing that. Jesus, did, Jesus didn't just do it all on his own. He called his disciples to help him. And what's the first thing he says in this passage to his disciples as he asks them to help? How does he ask them to help him in intercession? So don't ever say, I'm too old or I'm too young or God doesn't need me to pray. Everybody can pray. It doesn't matter how, how competent or useless you feel, all of us can pray. Nobody is too old or too young to pray for God to be at work. My son, at the age of two, when asked to pray at the meal table, would pray, God bless Daddy and Alpha. A powerful prayer. Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And one two-year-old disciple prays, God bless Daddy and Alpha. A powerful prayer in answer to Jesus' request. Parents, draw your youngest children into your prayers because they understand much better than you do what it means not to be able to do everything and to ask your daddy to do it for you. Our children are powerful intercessors if we will only draw them in. So partner Jesus in intercession. Ninthly, nearly there, intercession is not just partnership, it's for more partnership. The prayer Jesus asks for is not just that he'll be more effective. That's often a, pray, a prayer we pray to others for. We, we ask others for, pray that I'll be able to do the job that God has given me to do. But no, Jesus prays, asks them to pray for active help. So pray especially for ministers and leaders that there will be new curates out there in the world for helpers for evangelists, for people to join in and help God in what he's doing, for harvesters to help Jesus in his harvest field. Chris, don't just get stuck into ministry in Alverstoke. Pray for others to join you in your ministry. 
Those of you who are leading house groups, pray for others to share in your leadership. Ministry leaders, don't just grumble that nobody helps anymore. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send you helpers in your harvest field. Staff team, don't be grumbling that they don't make members of the congregation like they used to. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send workers to join you in the harvest field. All of you, when you hear of the needs of St. Jude's and across the world, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field for Jesus' sake. It is he who is asking you to pray that prayer. Pray it for him, not for me. And finally, intercession leads to calling, to vocation. And here is the most powerful result of our intercession. It changes our hearts. And to our astonishment, we find that we want to become the answers to our own prayers. We find Jesus giving us the opportunity to become the answer to his prayer. As we pray, Jesus too is praying to his Father to send out workers into his harvest. And as we pray, we get excited about the harvest field. And as Jesus prays, he gets excited about us as harvesters in his harvest field. The passage started with Jesus working to bring the presence and the power of God to those around him, teaching, sharing good news, and healing. But he sees that one person isn't enough. So he asked the disciples to help him by praying. And as a result, the passage ends with his disciples doing the same as him. He called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. So, parents of anime, Chris, Abby, James and Kate, congregation of St. Jude's, friends of Jesus, start your partnership with Jesus by praying for the people and the places that he puts on your hearts for their blessing and his glory and that he will, the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest field. And you will become the surprising answer to your own prayers in, in unexpected ways as mission partners of Jesus. I'm going to ask now that a church warden, David, comes to the front and receives from Darren, this promise from me to work with Jesus on our behalf. So if you would take that and uh, put that wherever it belongs, and presuming that that all works out correctly and goes to the right place and the right person counts it and puts it into the bank, that will happen. I've made that promise now. It's gone. It will work. Okay, there is one thing that might stop it, and that is if I suddenly go bankrupt. But God is not going to go bankrupt on our prayers. As we cash them, 
As we send, write them, write that check and send it in, God will empower that check on our behalf to work on his part, behalf for his kingdom. May we have the incredible privilege of being the answers to our own prayers and hearing Jesus call to help him in unexpected ways, partnering him in his mission in this country, in New Zealand, right across the world. Because in the end, this is what all this faith that we've been talking about these seven, eight weeks is about. This cross-shaped, twice-born, salvation-assured, word-empowered, spirit-filled, holiness-pursuing, missionary and intercessory faith. This life of Jesus is all about a partnership with him in his mission in the world, resulting in friendship with him, blessing to his world, and praise to his Father. So as we go straight into our intercessions now, as Rosie leads us, let's take up this tremendous privilege that we have with Jesus and intercede for his church and his world. Rosie.